Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Uh, this is Cinnabuds. I'm 889's Justin Barney. Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And today we're talking about a movie. We are talking about Extraordinary. Why don't we see ghosts every day? Ugh, leave me alone. Most hauntings are so small, they go unnoticed. Maybe you could have a chat with my daughter, just to find out what's up with her. My name is Martin. Extraordinary is part of Milwaukee Films' SOFA series, which we'll get into in a second. Um, But, Kay Polly, do you want to give us a rundown about Extraordinary if you haven't heard of it? Absolutely. It's a film out of Ireland, and it's a uh, supernatural comedy in the vein of Ghostbusters and others. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's got Will Forte in like a, he's sort of the villain, but it stars Maeve Higgins, uh, who's an Irish comedian. Essentially, it's about a driving instructor who has talents, meaning uh, she can speak with the dead. And so she's got supernatural powers and uh, a young, a man's wife is haunting him and his daughter is being courted by a devil worshiper. And so they form an alliance to try to uh, help his daughter and get rid of his wife. Uh, It's sort of, I keep saying, and this is probably inaccurate. I keep saying it's like Ghostbusters meets Bridge of Jones diary. Oh, that, that's, that's good. That's not bad, right? That's not it, bad. Um, also meets McGruber because he's in it. That's true. Everything meets McGruber. That's what I always say. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a comedy, uh, supernatural comedy. Uh, it's set place in a small town in Ireland, and I thought it was delightful. Yeah, uh, I thought it was delightful too. Yeah. It was, what? Um, I, I thought that it it was like it very much worked like an, an Irish or British comedy where. It's very, the tone is very mellow, you know, like all of these wild things are happening and like all these things that are like extraordinary and wild, but also there's just kind of this kind of sense of like, you know, the good guys aren't really that good at being good. The bad guys aren't really that bad at being bad. And it's just kind of like got this, uh, this very mellow tone through the whole thing. Yeah. They treat all these exceptional things that are happening sort of casually. (laughs) The best thing about this for me, and as much as I love Will Forte and he was really good, um, is Maeve Higgins, the star of it. She's just this very, I love her reactions. I love the way she speaks. She's a very, totally. and it's kind of subtle. So the interesting thing for me about this comedy is that they're, and again, you were saying very British, uh, wherein there's a lot of silliness, but there's also a lot of smart stuff in it too. We're going to get into that smart stuff in the pod. So this was part of Sofa Cinema. Yes. And can can you explain Sofa Cinema for for a second? Like a lot of independent theaters who are currently unable to show films because of this dastardly virus, a lot of us have switched to online cinema uh, for now. We'll be back in the theater soon, hopefully. But um, Sofa Cinema is a series of films. They're films just like the ones we would play at the Oriental Theater where it opened. Um, and we... We have a few out at a time, just like we d- would if the theater were open. And you can go online to our website and go to mkefilm.org slash sofa cinema. And you can see a few films that are available now. 
and then we switch them out, you know, just like we would at cinema. Every uh, week or two, there'll be some new films there. Are they movies that are like, that would be coming out? Absolutely, yeah. They're current films that are unreleased so far. Um, I think occasionally, just like in the just like in cinema, we would have we'll have a throwback here and there. But currently, I think we're mostly doing first run stuff. And this is a great one. This one just came out last week. Uh, it'll be, be up for at least a couple more days. Uh, ho- ho- so you should check it out now. But ho- hopefully, it'll be a little bit longer. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, you what you do is you go on, you rent the film online. Every film is is shared with us by a different distributor. So the distributor, essentially, you're buying it from them. You're renting it from them, and they share the profits to help support Milwaukee Film uh, kind of through this time. So it's a really great way to see the movies we would show anyway, help support Milwaukee Film, and see some some really cool movies. We're going to talk about the rest of the movie and uh, a little bit more about what's coming up on Sofa Cinema after the break. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out your donor benefits and the thank you gifts to show off your 88.9 pride. Okay, K-Poly. Yeah? This struck me as a very K-Poly movie. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I, I was like... I, li- let let me take a crack at like what what makes a good K poly movie. Oh, this will be fun. Yeah. One, it was a comedy. True, I like comedies. Two, it was um I feel like the Irishness is something that kind of like if it has a bit of like a, a different you know, culture in there or yeah. just like kind of different beats that we're not used to that kind of like add to the surprisingness and fun. I feel like that checks a box. That's true. Br- uh, British, I have a British and, you know, Ireland, Scottish, uh, Scott, Scotland, England, I, that whole area. I do like their sense of humor uh, in general. I also like Scandinavian sense of humor as well, that general area as well. But uh, anyway, continue. <laughs> and <laughs> continue talking about me. Um, it it had it had um, a kick of the whimsy. So it was like about things that were supernatural and disastrous, and they like kind of the bit is that these things should have been scarier than they're made out to be, or that they're scarier than they are in the movie, and that kind of like twist on your expectations in a in a funny way like this movie could have chose to be really dark and really gloomy but it chose to be funny and i feel like that's i feel like that's a thing that really ticks a box with you that's true too you're nailing it and then and then also it just just being weird just like being being a strange premise being like hey we're gonna talk to ghosts and they do exist deal with that and uh, let me plop you in here, and now we're going to exist in real life. I feel like that goes far too. I like it. And, yeah. Oh, keep going. And finally, um, Will Forte. Clearly, duh. duh. That's a given. Will Forte is a special human being. <laughs> yeah. So did I? Did I do it? I think you nailed did I do it. Good. I think you nailed it. Let's. I don't want anyone to think that I don't like one thing, but that is the thing I do like a lot. Another thing about it that I like is how kind of pleasant it is. The two characters who are kind of like the romantic leads 
are kind of adorable and yeah. bumbly, but and really well-meaning and earnest. And I love that a lot. And I do like, as I said before, that combination of silliness. I think silliness is underrated in films in general. For sure. Some silliness, some absurdity mixed with cleverness. And like like I said, Maeve Higgins gives this su- kind of subtle performance that comes off really funny because uh, she's so sincere. Um, so I think that co- the, that combination is great. And I think that's a lot why I like British films is because they they do both of those really well. Smart and silly is a it's like sweet and salty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, you nailed it. Very, very good. Um, what is it about Will Forte? I'm, I'm watching this movie, and I feel like a lot of times he's more of a bit character, yeah. and it, and uh, so we got to like he got a lot of screen time. Like, just the way that he talks. Yeah, I think that's a lot of it, honestly. What is that? What's the deal? You know what? I think I've narrowed it down to a couple of things. Yeah. He has a great mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, the way he, the way he speaks is funny. He has a a lot of great voices and generally I don't want to take anything away from his, his ability to come off with these amazing characters and quirky and sweet. He himself is very fun, is very sweet. When you see him in interviews, he just seems so humble and kind. And then to watch him do say something awful or do something awful makes it funnier. So if you if you've seen him talk like a real person, it's even funnier. But honestly, the the shapes, yeah, <laughs> the, the smirks of his mouth when he yells and when he like makes certain faces, he has very specifically a very elastic mouth that can yeah. contort in such a way that is particularly funny it's kind of how jim carrey's whole face does it will forte yeah. has just the mouth but and eyes really but um yeah when he when he makes this like frowny extreme face when he like smiles it seems like he has slightly too many teeth he has a funny mouth it reminds me sometimes of like maya rudolph where like they both deliver every line yeah every single line is a line you know, yeah. there, there is, it's never not a joke and there's really, it's just, it's so different, you yeah. know, there's like, there's just, there's no, no one is playing that game, <laughs> you know? I have two things to say that are slightly unrelated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One, he has a funny mouth is, I feel like if you edited the movie Deliverance for television, I feel right. like you've got a funny mouth would be how they edit it on television. Uh-huh. Just one thought. Second, Maya Rudolph, I recently watched on YouTube, they had uh, a table reading of... of uh, Big Mouth? Big Mouth, yeah, thank you. Which I find that show very funny. Oh, it's so good. It's so great. And they had a table reading, so you saw all the actors in a big you know, square uh, or a big grid with everybody there. Every time Maya Rudolph said anything... You saw the entire cast smile or laugh. Jesus, is that what's supposed to happen? Yeah, sounds like your mama just won an orgasm. And a brand new jet ski. (laughs) He gestures to right. You could really get it was really fascinating because you really got (laughs) a sense that like her out of a lot of people there, just everyone was delighted with because her her voices are really wonderful and her demeanor is great. So, but uh, especially Nick Kroll, every time she said anything, you just saw him light up. So that was really, really fun. But yeah, she's one of those people that just exudes hilarity. 
Did you ever watch The Good Place? Yes. Yeah. Oh, when she was the judge in The Good Place. She's yeah. the judge. Yeah, she's so good on that. I, I like. I wonder if Will Forte and Maya Rudolph were like. What if they were both leads in a movie? Yeah. You know, would that be like? Would that be the greatest thing in the world, or would it be like Death by Chocolate, or you know, like yeah, yeah. too much? W- yeah, I would love to see it. I think the movie would need to be because usually if they're the leads, they're slightly less interesting than the background players. True. Not always the case, but sometimes. So that's my only concern. I think they should be like, if it's a typical movie, they should definitely be the the neighbor, the best friend neighbors, the people that you see a lot in the movie, but they get to be a lot quirkier than the leads usually do. Yeah, that because that kind of is their strength. You yeah. know, is like when you're giving. Uh, I heard. You know, I heard Stephen Thompson from NPR was talking about Maya Rudolph, and he said she puts mustard on every line. And I always, <laughs> I always think of that when. Good. Uh, yeah, so it's like when you put so much mustard on every line. Yeah. Uh, it really it does work better for like a foil or for uh, a big character. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to see that. Yeah. Okay, one a, another thing that I that I liked I like I didn't love this movie. And yeah. I think that I think that that's kind of like a lot of British movies or Irish or Scottish in in there is like that's kind of the point. You know, they're not a, a lot of those are they're not movies that are are made to hit you hard or stay with you for a long time and it's just like that was that was good that was a, a good use of an hour and a half and that was it i think it's interesting i think i wonder if that's like how we've been conditioned uh in america to <laughs> to like it has to be like a punch in the face or yeah it has to be like super silly and big because I, I feel like after having watched, I'm obsessed with um, British TV shows right now. Not even sitcoms, but with, with their panel shows where they essentially just have a vague premise of a game show with comedians. Right. And it's a foil for them to be funny. Um, and I, I just, I'm so entertained and pleased with them. But it's not, I mean, some of it's very edgy, I would say. Some of it is just pleasant and funny and clever. And that al- that's like plenty for me. I not yeah. always. I like a lot of different things. I like the big stuff and the punch in the guts. But I really appreciate those British films that are just like, here's a premise. Let's add, let's add this kind of smart silliness and silly smartness to it mm-hmm. and just play it out. It's just a it's a sweet story. And I'm I'm perfectly happy with that, especially right now. I mean, it's just really pleasant yeah. to watch. And that is kind of how I thought about this was like, there's a part in it where I was like, they've got room here. You know, it's like the, they've got an idea of what the plot is. You know, she talks to ghosts. He needs help with this ghost situation. That's it. And they're going with it. Um, And it it was like fun to see where they, where they play with that. Yeah. They kind of layer on. I like the gags with the wife who's the ghost and communicating him through the toaster saying the dog has worms. Like she's giving him information and she's passive aggressive or aggressive. I like, um, I like the ectoplasm bit so much where essentially he has to, 
a, he has to be the vessel for the ghosts. And every time he comes out of being that vessel, he throws up ectoplasm, which is a, just like a gross gag. But they address that it's gross. Like he immediately goes, why does yeah. this have to be so excessively gross? And it happens so much that that montage made me laugh. But and then you have her performance where she it feels like her reactions to things are the funniest. Like, oh, I guess you're gonna do that. Okay. And she sort yeah. of addresses the weirdness and as like a throwaway line at the end. It yeah. all seems really well crafted with all these different elements. Yeah. Like I gave it a really high score when I put it on when I logged it in my various social media platforms. Right. <laughs> because I just it's like the perfect movie that I wanted right then. If you rent it from Sofa Cinema, helps out Milwaukee film, and uh, it's a fun way to spend an evening. Do it. Uh, you know what my favorite parts was? Yeah. What? Uh, when Will Forte is putting on his gloves in the car. Oh, that is good. Yeah. And it's just like excruciatingly long. Yeah. I I love a good drawn out bit. You know. Especially like something that's physical, you know, where it's like, you're just like, when is this going to end? Please end. Are they going to end this? And it's just like going on. That's yeah. funny. Well, you have to wait with the character in the film for this thing to go. <laughs> yeah. I also yeah. really liked in that same scene uh, where he tell he brings a sandwich, but he has to tell her, he goes, I brought a snack. And then there's a pause and he said, it's chocolate spread. And he's just explaining all these really simple things. But you know what he's trying to do is he's event wants to kill her eventually. <laughs> right. right. Like he decides he still wants to explain what his snack is to her as well. Good bits. Extraordinary. It's on Sofa Cinema. If you rent it, it helps out Milwaukee Film. Yeah. And also, it's it's fun to see what you got going. You know, it's yeah. it's fun to see what movies you're bringing in and what's cycling through and what's what's new and what you can watch. Yeah, and what's out there, it's nice to imagine. It's also like kind of a formal way. You go online, you pick a film. I, I suggest doing it at 4 or 7.30. That's a nice movie time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine you're watching it at the Oriental as you as you watch it. Yeah. And also it's like with just like the so many choice, you know, the paralysis of choice with everything to just have a couple movies there. And to go on yeah. and be like, okay, I'm we're picking between these four. That's yeah, very exactly. reasonable. Yeah, and then you get excited to see like what's next, what's the next one coming out. Yeah. Sofa Cinema. MilwaukeeFilm.org slash Sofa Cinema. Uh, MKEFilm.org slash Sofa Cinema. Yeah. Okay, do it. Okay, probably what else are you watching? Um, what did I watch? Oh, yeah, we watched The Lake House. <laughs> <laughs> Goes for consulting? Yeah. We, um, uh, you, we, you and I are both friend, uh, fans of How Did This Get Made? Yeah. A great podcast where they talk about kind of typical, uh, widely believed to be bad films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they talk about them, these comedians talk about them. I, we heard about it on... I mean, I've heard of the film, but they talked about it in there. Anytime they talk about a bad film, even though I know it's bad, I want to watch it. Wow. I just looked this up. The cover is bad. Uh, (laughs) Well, I'll say in this house, we disagreed on it. I can't be, I can't, honestly, I can't say I hated it because I only saw 20 minutes before I fell asleep. 
I want to say that my mom loved this movie. Yeah. I think when, I think when it came that out, my mom like out, by the way, that seems, that checks like, out. Yeah. That seems like a mom would like it. Um, my mom, every movie that comes out, she, you on the library website, you can just like put it on hold. Oh yeah. And so every single movie she has on hold at the library. And then she just like goes in and rents like three or four at a time. Yeah. And, uh, and so there's always just like four or five DVDs from the library that she's got rented. And I, I think I remember her renting the lake house and being like saying that she loved it. Yeah. All moms are required to rent the lake house from the library. (laughs) A very specific scenario. That is the truest thing I've ever heard. I will say I like the titular lake house. I thought it was amazing. It's all glass. It's on a lake. What's not to like about that. And there's a dog that essentially comes with it. I don't know if it's a ghost dog or if it's a a eternal dog. There's a lot of questions I have about the lighthouse having only seen 20 seconds of it. Me, me, me. Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. Yeah. They got star power. (laughs) They sure did. I gotta tell you, it was nice watching uh, a movie that takes place recently and is in color after watching the 30s. Yeah, well, I'm on to the. I just finished the 40s yesterday. Ooh. I watched Hamlet, the winner of 1949's uh, Best Picture That's with Laurence Olivier. And I was like, because I watched two movies yesterday, and I was like, okay, I'm watching Hamlet, like watching, um, you know, watching Extraordinary was a, a good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Palette palette cleanser. cleanser, yeah. <laughs> How long was Hamlet? Was it a million hours long? It was two and a half hours long, which is just exactly what I've been expecting for all of these movies, which are just so excruciatingly long. You're building up your tolerance for a long movie. I am. I'm, you know, we've got Lawrence of Arabia and Ben-Hur coming up almost back to back. So, you know, you got to you got to build the endurance for the ones that are, you know, three and a half hours. Quarantine will be over by the time Lawrence of Arabia is over. (laughs) I know. Yeah. That's great. We're in a, like the, the films of the 1950s are kind of a weird period because, or the 1940s, I meant, which I watched the past week yeah. because it's the war years. And yeah. so it's something like you, you really get a sense of like, these were, you really get a sense of like, this was awarded the best picture during this year in front of all these people to say and like what does this yeah. say about right. the time and a lot of what it says is we support our troops right. you know or like we support the war effort like we're in this together it is it is interesting as the movies are coming up you understand why they gave this movie an award instead of it's a wonderful life which is clearly a better movie but this one is about war and they're in a war and don't want to you know don't want the war movie to lose you know? Yeah. You know what's really interesting is uh, in that same period is when film noir really solidified the whole f- uh, movement to, or uh, or uh, theme of film noir was big in the 40s. A lot of the best ones are in the 40s. And yeah. similar to what you're doing with the Oscar picks, years ago I read this book on film noir. And as I was reading the book, I watched a ton of them. Wow, And it's really interesting because it's that same time period and it's sort of like, I wouldn't say it's the other side of the coin 
of those films, but it's it was still very much affected by World War II. Yeah. And it was a much, and it's, but it's the other side. It's a much darker, less wholesome uh, mm. vibe on those. So that's a really nice counter series to watch. Um, and there's also just so entertaining to watch too and visually impressive. Yeah. like And another thing going on at that time was like, we got through World War II was happening. And then like immediately after World War II ends, we get in this like Cold War period and the Hollywood blacklist becomes a thing. Right. And so it's like, it was really a, a turbulent time for Hollywood as like, and the, the, the film industry, which just like had led to kind of like a really like kind of a clunky decade of the forties. It's really interesting. I, I love movies of that era and I'm way, but I feel like there's a lot of blind spots I have, but every time I go back and start to revisit that era, I just love the style of everything there. We recently Milwaukee films, since we can't have member screenings in person, we just started doing our at home member screenings. And what we do is essentially incur we find a film that's readily available on a on hopefully more than one platform. Yeah. And encourage everyone to watch it. Um, preferably at the same time. I just think that's a fun idea. Uh, but then we had a conversation afterwards on Zoom. So we chose for the first one, we chose The Stranger by Orson Welles. Oh yeah. Just from the fifth, I think. Oh, so good. Yeah. Like that. But that also was that's a post-war film. It's about a an escaped Nazi who's hiding out in a Nazi war criminals hiding out in small town America. And it was the first film, first fiction film to use footage from the concentration camps. Wow. In it. Um, but it, it's pretty hard hitting at the, at, I mean, especially considering the time. Um, but they're very, you know, it's very anti-fascist film that Orson Welles did. So that whole period is really interesting to see how their films reflect what was going on or what had just happened in yeah. the, the time or the history. Um, and it, I'm sure we're doing it now, but I feel like, cause since we're living it, it's hard to, it's not super hard to see, but it's like, we're kind of passively watching the films of our own time. Totally. Not, I mean, there's obvious connections to our time, but it'd be interesting to look at it from a lens of a few years in the future. Yeah, exactly. That's like, you're making history or living in history and like, you don't really know it. And like, that is interesting about the stranger where it's like watching the movies that came out as, or that won the best picture are interesting because it's not, it's not the stranger by Orson Welles, this movie that took chances and was bold. It's like, like the ones that are winning right now are just very safe picks, you know? And it's, it's like, it's, it's definitely, it's not the, like the, the artistic best pictures it really is a, a, like a political decision. It would be really interesting as you're going through those and to like, look and try to figure out which are the moonlights amongst that decade like which are the hand like rare occurrences of like a real artistic achievement or real different film winning the award rather than the you know best years of our lives kind of films right i just watched hamlet last night yeah until i i watched um joan of arc at home the you know the classic yeah the passion of joan of arc and then i watched it at the film festival and it was just like such a different experience right it's it is i was like watching hamlet and hamlet is is like it's really beautiful you know it, it's it's a really well done movie and like the stages and the scenery 
are really kind of stark and it's really artistic in a really beautiful way. But of course it's like Shakespeare. So it's hard to kind of like be to stick along with. And um, when you're in the theater like that, it's hard like to not check your phone and to like, yeah. you know, scroll <laughs> yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, uh, but like in the theater, I was like, man, I, I wish like seeing this on the big screen or seeing, seeing this with a crowd would totally be a different experience. And, I, I do miss that and wish that I had that for some of these. Yeah. It's been a really long time. I mean, I know for everybody, but it's just crazy to think how long it's been since I've seen a movie in the theater. Mm. I look forward to going back, but until then I'll uh, dig in on what's available. Yeah. Okay. Extraordinary sofa cinema. That's it. Yeah. Cinebuds. You should watch it. Enjoy the podcast. Enjoy the movies. Work. This is Cinebuds. Cinebuds is wow. You did it last week, and now I've lost everything. I hear you do it every week, and when I had to do it on my own, I like froze. <laughs> it's edited by DJ Kenny Perez. <laughs> we get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Oh, God bless. Our theme song was written by Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. Oh, you mean the news? Oh, yeah. Um, thank you to members of Milwaukee Film and of 88.9, especially right now, when we need you the most. Thank you for being members. Yeah, you guys are the best. We hope you're doing well. We'll see you soon. And also, what would we be? I think we're We'd done. Be, think we're we would be Cinnabud if it were not for the one, the only... The light of my life, Christopher Ballard. I gotta say, that was totally unexpected. I'm at a loss for words. Oh, thank you. Uh, I won't say anything else because I'm at a loss for words. I'm gonna (laughs) just wrap up. All right. Bye. Bye.